On draft night, I called Jordan Hawkins the perfect fit for the New Orleans Pelicans. And the reason for that is the new offense the team plans to implement. I'll tell you how Hawkins fits in and how it could lock other players on the Pelicans roster. It's Wednesday's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Wednesday, and we are going to talk offense for the Pelicans. How Jordan Hawkins fits in, what James Borrego is going to be bringing to the team and what to expect, and how it could unlock other players on this roster. I think we're all expecting big things from the Pelicans offense, and we are expecting it to look very different, and that's what we're going to cover today. So stick through the end of this. All the segments really tied together in today's show. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free. No one else coming to you like this, breaking down all of the topics that you want to hear about this team, whether it's free agent rumors. And look, yesterday I talked about Jared Allen on the show. And then today, well, okay, yesterday, depending on the day that you're listening to all of this, on Tuesday's show, I talked about Jared Allen on Um, And that was recorded on Monday night. And then on Tuesday, well after the fact, Jake Fisher of Yahoo put out that the Pelicans had called the Cleveland Cavaliers about Jared Allen. Hmm. So make sure you go listen to that show if you want to see a shakeup for the big men. The past two shows are about free agency, which starts this weekend. And we'll have more on Friday for y'all about that. In tomorrow's show, if you're an everyday, I've been teasing this, I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, let's look at Bally Sports, the Pelicans, and what the future of the Pelicans could be with their broadcast, what it should be with their broadcast. But today, we are talking about a movement-based offense. So what, so what is a movement offense, a motion-based offense? And simply put, a motion-based offense is just constant movement, It really is there in the title. If you think about the Pelicans, what their offense was when they were healthy around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, there wasn't a lot of movement to it. It was Brandon Ingram playing isolation ball, driving and attacking. Zion playing isolation ball, driving, attacking. CJ trying to play make, running pick and rolls a little bit, but not many, and then trying to pass out. And a bunch of it, guys just kind of stuck in spots on the perimeter or in the dunker spot down below the basket. Not a ton of cuts not a ton of off-ball actions, just relying on your superstar players to go and get you buckets. And you know what? When the team was healthy, it worked. But it's also much easier to defend. And when those superstar players aren't healthy, as was the case last season for New Orleans, it really started to fall apart. Or even if one of them was out, it started to fall apart a little bit. And the team had to start running more pick and rolls and doing other things. And they just weren't ready for all of that. And so with the Pelicans bringing in James Borrego, trying to run a different kind of offense, adding more motion into it, well, I think this is where you're going to see them really start to take off. And if this is what they want to do, bringing in a player like Jordan Hawkins is a perfect fit. 
This guy, as we have said repeatedly in the lead up to the draft and then talking about the pick after the fact, is he's a movement shooter. That means he's running around doing different things, coming off pin downs where a big or another guard runs down as he's kind of on the baseline, sets a screen for his man, and he darts up to the three-point line, turns, catches the ball, and shoots with the space that he got from that screen down low. It's called a pin down. You have things like elevator doors where he runs up and then two people just kind of stick together like that and close the door on his man and all of a sudden kind of a similar action. He's open on the three-point line. He also does looping cuts where he'll run from one corner, baseline, coming around, curls up to the top of the three-point line. But when he cuts baseline, right, motion. Is he going to all of a sudden get a pin down and cut up there? Is he going to run to the other corner? Is he going to move from the other corner up? There's a lot of variables to it. And this is a guy that excels at this. So when I said this pick was the perfect fit, I mean it. Even if Jordan Hawkins doesn't have an all-star level ceiling to him, it makes sense for the Pelicans. And that's why you have to like a pick like this. Sometimes you just need players that are going to do their roles well on your team. I'm a big believer in not always going for the big home run. This is what Jordan Hawkins is, and that's totally okay. Get good basketball players in, and Jordan Hawkins is definitely that. And for a team that needs to shoot more threes, wants to shoot more threes, getting a sharpshooter like this in really works. And when you look at what Borrego has done, with some help, uh, you know, but it sounds like he's bringing a lot of the principles he had from the Charlotte Hornets while he was there. And certain guys had a ton of success there, including a player you probably know, and that was Devontae Graham, who in his time under James Borrego in Charlotte was pretty good. It was a reason why the Pelicans made the move for him. You know, that final season there was 14.8 points per game, shooting 37.5% from three on eight and a half attempts. The year before, 18 points per game on over nine attempts per. And this was a guy that was involved in tons of actions, tons of motion, while also doing other things too for the team. And so he's going to give a lot of those similar type of plays to Jordan Hawkins. So a motion offense like this is not so much like a set play offense, though there it is involved in that. It's kind of a set of principles, right? This is an, where offensive philosophy starts to come in. It's allowing guys and giving them a set of like kind of guiding points, guiding principles, float to space, cut baseline when you see the opportunities, right? If one, one other player moves, you should be moving too so that two people aren't always in the same spot. And then giving the players the freedom to go out and do that sort of thing. And I think that's what you're going to see Borrego really bring. He's going to establish these offensive principles and allow these players to go out and do those things. And the good news is the Pelicans are filled with really smart basketball players, and Jordan Hawkins is one of them. When you watch him play out there, he just naturally seems to know where he needs to be. And I don't know if he's necessarily going to get minutes to start over, guys, you know, at the start, I should say, over guys like Dyson Daniels, Kyra Lewis Jr. necessarily. But it feels like, you know, knowing what they want to do offensively, if you want to have the most success with it, a guy like Jordan Hawkins fitting into that is going to be great. So all of those off-ball actions, you know, the fact that he knows what he's going to be, should be doing, means other players are going to need to kind of elevate their game too. And it just adds more of this healthy type of competition to the New Orleans Pelicans and the players to be able to go out and do what it is they want to do. So if this offense works like we think it will, like it could, 
They have the right type of players to do this. And it fits in perfectly with Willie Green's .5 mentality. .5 is not an offense. It's a mentality of make a decision of what you're going to be doing in half a second, .5 seconds. Are you cutting? Are you going to the space over there? If you have the ball, are you passing? Are you driving? Are you shooting? So all of these guys have these principles of what to do. And now you've got to make a quick decision on what it is that you're going to do. It's not easy. I imagine it will be a little bit of a learning curve for the Pelicans to start the season. But if everything comes together at the end of the year, Jordan Hawkins is beginning going to be getting minutes, going to be shooting a ton of threes, and it's pushing the Pelicans offense up, up, and up from where it was last season. And that's why I think Jordan Hawkins might have been the perfect fit in this draft, and it's why I said as much. But there's more to it than just three-point shooting and Jordan Hawkins fitting in. I think the big men for this Pelicans team are in store for monster seasons. Zion, Ingram, Larry Nance Jr. If he's still here, maybe listen to yesterday's show. Jonas Valanciunas. Let's talk about how the bigs could be unlocked coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by eBay Motors. Look, if you're a championship team, it's about making sure every player is the perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. I work on my cars. Oh, my parts don't fit. Oh, my goodness. Is it so bad? And now all of a sudden, your car is just sitting and you're not driving. Whether it's your daily driver that you're trying to use to get to work, whether it's a classic that you're restoring, you need the parts on there and they need to fit right the first time around. And with eBay Motors guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. They have everything you need, whether it's a uh, glass window, ordered that. The parts that make the window go up and down, ordered that. Calipers, because your brakes were squeaky or the car wasn't braking well, ordered that. All of it available at eBay Motors, over 122 million parts to choose from. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday breaking down everything you want to know. It's deep in the offseason. We're not taking any days off here on Locked On Pelicans. Whether I'm traveling or not, you're getting a show. It'll slow down probably in a couple of weeks. Once we get past the rush of free agency, but what are the Pelicans going to do in free agency? Free agency is really important right now, even if it doesn't quite exist like it used to. We're covering it here, so make sure you're an everydayer and never miss an episode. I got tweeted at, someone tell me what the Pelicans are, it was a tweet at me that said, tell me what the Pelicans are going to do in free agency. My man, it's literally the past two shows, including trade targets that they called about. We're covering it here, so make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube and comment down below. Today, we're taking a break from free agency to talk about what the Pelicans are going to be doing offensively next season. Motion offense, guiding principles that kind of tell you what to be doing in that and then making those decisions quickly and keeping defenses off balance. But James Brega, when you watch a lot of the stuff that the Charlotte Hornets ran while he was their head coach... He tends to play through the big men a lot and gets the ball in their hands and kind of works off of that. Well, that's pretty perfect for the Pelicans, I'll be honest. Y'all remember Point Zion? It's been a minute with him only playing 22 games last season, but it exists and it is very good. Go back to the Stan Van Gundy era. 
the one era, the one season here in New Orleans when Point Zion was really starting to kind of come into the picture. And there was a two-man game between him and J.J. Redick running what is known as an inverted pick and roll. Usually in the pick and roll, you have a guard or a littler guy handling the ball and a bigger guy comes over, sets the screen and you go from there. Inverted is where Zion is handling the ball and J.J. Redick was the screener. It's something that forces defenses to really have to, you know, pick their poison in a sense. If you go under that screen, you can have J.J. Redick popping out from three. And all of a sudden now there's some space there for him. Or it gives Zion a head of steam to get downhill and attack, which is the last thing that you want. Or you can hedge the screener and put two guys there and get really aggressive with it and try and trap Zion Williamson, who's the ball handler in that scenario. But if you do that, all of a sudden, J.J. Redick, or in this scenario here, Jordan Hawkins, is wide open. And all you have to do is you get him the ball almost in a dribble handoff motion like that. And he's wide open and he's bombing away from three. Right? Everything the Pelicans did with J.J. Redick and Zion during that time can be done with Jordan Hawkins. It's a perfect fit, right? You're going to see a lot of those type of actions at inverted pick and roll. Larry Nance Jr. can do this. I listened to the spaces with Chris Connor yesterday. Larry said, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit lighter, might be handling the ball. I've done that before too. Need to kind of get ready for that sort of thing. So you have to imagine they've talked to him about what his role is going to be offensively next season. Jonas Valanciunas, by the way, is not a terrible passer. I wouldn't call him elite, good, anything like that. But if they keep him, he can move the ball a little bit, y'all. You know, he gets assists and gets those numbers out there. So he's capable of doing that as well. You know, for his time in New Orleans, 2.6 assists, 1.8 assists. It's not insane numbers, but those are better than his career averages by far. He can move the ball. We've seen that a couple of times for him where he has games where he has four or five assists. You run it differently from him. You're not going to run an inverted pick and roll with Jonas Valanciunas, but if you get him the ball on the, you know, on the elbow, something like that, and you force the defense to move a little bit because he's a post player and he can back you down and score that way, so maybe you double him, he can move the ball too, especially to cutters flying around and guys moving to fill the open space that make things easier for everybody. But that inverted pick and roll with Zion and Jordan Hawkins – I'm excited to see that. It was unstoppable when Zion and J.J. Redick did it. And J.J. Redick was getting close to washed up during that time. And it just forces the defense into, all right, what are you going to do here? And basically the offense then has a counter for whatever it is that the defense is going to do. And that's kind of what this motion-based offense is around. Seeing what the defense is doing, reacting to that, and then making the right play. You're really empowering these players to go and do what they think is best, which is why it might take a little bit for them to kind of build some of the chemistry and why also health is going to be really important because these guys need to build that chemistry on the court. But imagine that inverted pick and roll with someone like Herb Jones handling the ball, getting it to Jordan Hawkins too. It doesn't have to be one of the traditional big men that you think about. Trying to find ways to make Herb Jones more of a threat offensively, I think is a really big, important thing. Heck, if you need a big man that can all of a sudden start driving to the basket and throw it down, that's also Trey Murphy. We've seen it. He's more than just a three-point shooter. We saw him as the season went on get more comfortable putting the ball on the court on strong closeouts and attacking the basket. Give him a little bit of space in an inverted pick and roll where he's holding the ball and someone screens for him. 
uh, is quite the handle for that. But if he's working on that sort of thing, it can work really, really well. So you start to see how this type of offense really suits the skill set of what the Pelicans players are. And that, yeah, Brandon Ingram can be an isolation score, but if you can let him handle the ball and create some smart actions and then have off-ball cutters for him to pass the ball to because he's drawing multiple guys to him, it's going to open things up even more. Even when the Pelicans were doing that last season, he'd get doubled, right? They didn't have all the shooters they needed on the court to, to make teams pay. Hawkins is going to be able to do that. Teams were sagging off Herb Jones. He wasn't a threat offensively. You're kind of playing four on five. Involve him in ball screens. Have him have the ball in his hand. You have to pay attention to the man with the ball. If he doesn't have it, he's off ball. He's just standing in the corner. Maybe that doesn't work. So make him a threat. And it also allows other players to really grow a little bit. So let's look at that. Not grow, but fit better roles. Let's look at CJ McCollum and also the Pelicans shooting more threes. And I got some numbers on all of that for you. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free. If you're an everyday or you're caught up on everything that's going on with this team, that Jared Allen news probably didn't surprise you yesterday because we talked about it on the show. So, if you want to know what's going on with the team, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. Listen Monday through Friday. If you listen one day a week, that's awesome. Try giving it two days a week. Work your way up to be in five days a week. The show is short. It's designed for your morning commute, your evening commute, while you're at the gym. We're not here with an hour and a half long show. I, look, I wish I had time to listen to stuff like that. I don't. I know you don't too, so we're delivering the information in a concise way for you. So listen Monday through Friday. Know everything going on with the Pelicans. If you want to support the channel another way, comment down below on YouTube. I love seeing all the comments out there. So we're talking Pelicans offense, how it's going to look next year, why Jordan Hawkins is probably the perfect fit of the draft for the New Orleans Pelicans, how it's going to unlock some of these people. And now they have an offensive philosophy, an offensive identity that fits in with Willie Green's 0.5 mentality. I'm excited for what this team's capable of doing. There's a reason why when there were trade discussions, you know, that did involve people, even if there were no official offers made, you know, that if the price started to get too high, the Pelicans are like, nah, we're good. We're just going to run it back with the team. Talking about it today, are you more excited? I'm more excited. So I also think this really helps a guy like CJ McCollum, you know, with multiple ball handlers on this team with more motion-based offense, you know, he doesn't need to take the high-difficulty, inefficient shots that he did last season, which were sometimes done out of necessity. You know, he can slot back more into a natural role for him, which is not floor general C.J. McCollum. It's just more off-ball C.J. McCollum. Cut, fill the space, be a good three-point shooter. Don't worry about driving, realizing, oh, no, they're walling off the rim. I can't do much here. And then taking a contested mid-ranger. And look at the Pelicans from mid-range this past season. It's not great when you look at their shot profile. This is a team that was 28th in three-point attempts. They need that number to go up. That number is a slight bit misleading. Zion doesn't shoot threes, and when he's using most of your offensive possessions and you know scoring at the rim like he does, your three-point numbers are going to be low. Brandon Ingram likes to attack the basket, shoot from mid-range, right? You'd like him to take more threes. CJ shoots more threes, but often takes a lot of mid-rangers too that weren't great last season. The Pelicans' numbers bear this out. 
they shot the 10th most from mid-range. About a third of their shots came from mid-range. That's too many. That's 10th most in the league. Here's the other flip side of that, right? Mid-rangers just aren't great. They shot 21% of all teams from mid-range. 42.3%. Those aren't particularly great numbers. So, cut down on the mid-range, more shots at the rim, or ideally, turn some of those mid-rangers into three-point shots. And with more motion there, creating more open shots for the team, that should happen. It also is going to be on some of the players to change their shot profiles too, but CJ, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much, doesn't need to drive. So he doesn't get into the paint and doesn't need to take a contested mid-range shot now. Put it, let him cut, let him move, keep him on the perimeter. Keep teams off balance with that. You need to pay attention to CJ McCollum. Teams absolutely will. Especially once CJ starts making them. Especially once Jordan Hawkins starts making them and teams realize, okay, we can try and double Zion. He's going to score two, but a three is worth more than a two. So we got to pay attention to these other guys too. And you stretch that defense out, which is going to make Zion more efficient, which is going to mean you're going to get more open three-point shots. And now this is feeding on itself. So I'm excited for what this is going to be able to do. I don't think this team will be in the top 10 in three-point attempts. With Zion taking as many shots as he does, and let's presume he's healthy, that just doesn't work, right? When he's taking the majority of your attempts and he doesn't take threes. And that's okay. Can you get it to 15? Can you get it into the top 20? I think that's a very realistic goal for the Pelicans. And that's a significant improvement from where they are. And I think the motion-based offense is going to be good. You don't necessarily want to be calling plays for Jordan Hawkins at the expense of plays for Zion Williamson or Trey Murphy or Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum. But if he's an outlet, if he's there, if it's a good look and Zion makes the right read when teams have taken away the more optimal shot, that's fine. That's fine. That's taking what the defense gives you then as opposed to calling plays for it. And that's just smart offense. That's smart philosophy. That's smart design. And that's what the team is hoping James Borrego will bring. That's what I'm hoping James Borrego will bring. And from talking to people around the team, they're really excited about what he can do. So I'll believe him. I'm excited to see what this Pelicans offense is going to be. Everyone seems to already have felt a little bit refreshed. You could see how beaten down they were at the end of the season. But you're starting to see a lot of that excitement, that joy, that, that optimism come back into these players. And if they're doing that already this offseason, that means they're going to put in the work. And that makes me excited for what next season could be. And Jordan Hawkins fits in perfectly with this group the fact that he'd said you know i'm already adding muscle because i need to get stronger at the nba level perfect love to hear that from the guy <laughs> right that he's already been talking to basically all of his teammates that he's excited to be here and start prepping for summer league and all of those things this is the type of energy that they kind of need and if jordan hawkins is going to bring that i'm not going to get outworked kind of energy which it feels like he will you know, if he's darting around, cutting and pressing everyone in there, Dyson Daniels is going to see them and be like, all right, I got to do that. It's not that Dyson isn't, but you get the example. It just raises everybody up when you bring in these type of guys. And it does seem like Jordan Hawkins, beyond just his fit in terms of the offense, really brings a lot to the culture of this team as well. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Let me know what you think about what the Pelicans offense might look like next season. Do you think big changes? Do you think career years for anybody? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube.
So if you're an everyday or tomorrow, let's talk Valley sports, let's talk Pelicans broadcast, what the future that could be. The Jazz have given a blueprint, but are we sure it's something the Pelicans can actually emulate? I got a lot of insight into this one for you, and I'm excited to talk about that in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans, so don't miss that one. Friday, we'll get you set with more free agency talk, too. Listen to the past shows this week if you want to know more about the Pelicans' plans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. It's the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.